I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the Talking... Okay. I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast on the New Pod World Order Network. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Talking Codswallop. Today I've got a guest with me that's not only an ant, is a podcaster, is the front man of a punk rock band, also uh, has worked on a few TSD projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Chuck, is it Staten? It is. Or Stanton? It's Staten, and you're the first person who's ever said Staten first. People usually say Stanton or, or Staten, but it's Staten, Chuck Staten. Yeah. So welcome to the show. And I'm really glad that I actually managed to pronounce your name correctly. <laughs> me too. Me too. Thank you very much for having me. I love what is what does talking cod swallow mean? Ah, see, that was going to be one of my first questions. Okay. So, um, well, it's a very British term. Right. That's what I figured. Yeah, cod swallow basically means like talking rubbish, talking uh, shit type thing. That's kind of that's kind of so. what I figured. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that to the United States, and I'm gonna say that I invented it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no one around here will know. They'll be like, wow, that's great. I love it. <laughs> Until I tell them otherwise. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, also, I just want to apologize for how long you've had to wait as well for coming on the show. It's no, been, it's fine. It's been something like seven months or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if with, when we have a five hour difference, I think that uh, it's difficult to, to schedule. So this is this is fine. This is great. I, I understand the uh, the waiting, which really, really, as long as you stick to it and you get it done, I think that waiting is fine. Scheduling is difficult, yeah. you know? It's all right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're and you're quite busy. What on earth are you drinking? There? <laughs> <laughs> this is what all Americans drink every day. You didn't. You never saw this before. No, no, they don't at all. This is Kool Aid. Um, and I'm a, yes, I'm an adult man who drinks Kool Aid, but it's sugar free. It's okay. I think that's fine. I just like this. I just woke up. I just woke up. And so this is my my breakfasty drink. You know. Okay, so you wake up at noon. Uh, yeah. I I actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I I almost was able to get away with that because people are like, "Oh, yeah, it's a big time difference." No, yeah, it is noon. Uh, yeah, you know, I do uh, I do a lot of independent video editing as well as a lot of um, like design stuff and podcast stuff. Uh, you know, I do my weekly podcast. We've been weekly ever since December of 2013. Plus, like I said, a lot of video stuff. And the best time for me to work is generally midnight to 4 a.m. because. No one's mm. texting me. No one's emailing me. There's not, you know, people contacting me, and I have a lot of silence and a lot of solitude. And uh, my girlfriend's in bed, uh, so I get to work on stuff uh, late at night. And uh, I also I write for a magazine named uh, called Motif Magazine. And last night we had a we had an article due late, and a couple articles, and uh, I worked on them last night. So yeah, so usually I go to bed around four, and I usually set my alarm to around uh, eleven thirty. Sleep for seven and a half hours. That's the way to work for me. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. It's almost vampire-ish as well. It is. <laughs> it, it really is. It, it, it very much is. I, I, I was, I'm trying to stick to a rule that I go to bed at three no matter what. But sometimes when you're close to the end of finishing a part of a project, it's like you just want to get it finished. So recently it's been four because I have a lot of stuff to work on. But most of the time it's it's around three and I, you know, I sleep from like three to 1030 or so. That's most of the time. Sometimes it's it's four to eleven thirty. I love the fact that you had to justify because I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like you get up at midday. <laughs> I know a lot of I know a lot of people with like normal day jobs that are like, oh, this guy's sleeping, and I'm like, oh, this guy's working way harder than you are. So uh, you know, but uh, I like to defend myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get over the color of that. I know, I, I knew it. I knew that was going to come up. I knew that was going to come up. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I think it's because it looks like. Um, Something antifreeze type thing that I would put in my car. <laughs> it looks like the color of that. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Windex. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's bright. I have a bright blue liquid in this glass that I'm drinking out of, and uh, it's delicious. I love yeah. it. Well, I'll have to next time I'm over, I'll have to try it. Yeah, because yeah, hopefully I'll make it over again. Yeah, yes. to, to America? America. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you you've visited here before? Yeah, I've been over a couple of times now. That's awesome went to the first time i came over was uh two years ago in may and mm -hmm. that was for the uh tell them steve dave uh it was in brooklyn you know the live performance that they oh yeah i went to that i, I did go oh, to that okay, cool. that's kind of actually what started me uh d deciding to try to work with the guys um yeah what was it? it was the podcast festival right yeah yes it was that's right yes yeah we went i mean my girlfriend went to that i surprised her with tickets and uh yeah, that's that's funny. That's funny because that's how I started working. Oh, I reached out to Walt before that, and I was like, "Hey, are you guys filming? Because you guys rarely do live stuff ever." And uh, I was like, "You know, I'll come film if you guys want." I've been I've been doing a lot of film work, and I film my podcast live uh, whenever we do live performances. And he was like, "Oh, thank you very much for offering. You're, you know, that's too kind." And then I went to the show, and I couldn't believe that they weren't filming because it was so funny. Yeah. And so much of it had to do with the reactions. That was the show where Getum talked about his dad killing someone and beating them to death. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't film that. That's crazy. <laughs> They're nuts. But that's awesome. That's awesome. You you came down specifically for that event? No, well, I, w I was actually coming over anyway. 
Um, I was coming mm-hmm. over because, uh, do you know Shani at all? He used to work, live in New Jersey. Um, no, I don't think no. so. She was like doing like this big amp meetup type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just That's thought, cool. you know what? Um, I've always wanted to go to America. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not go and spend a week? That's with crazy. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so that's so ballsy. I love that. That's great. I'd love to go over to England at some point. My mom went to England. And she loved yeah. it. Yeah, it's definitely different, culturally different. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what what town do you live um, in? Well, I live in. Um, is it town? Is town the right distinction? Yeah, yeah I li- I actually yeah. do okay, live good. in a town. Right. So uh, we've got towns, cities, and counties. Um, right. Counties, yeah. Counties yeah. are kind of like your states. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. That makes sense. So the county is a place called Dorset, which is literally bottom of the mm-hmm. map. Um, yep. and I live in a tiny little town called Weymouth. Oh, yeah. cool. We have a we. I you know I live in Rhode Island, um, which is around a lot of Massachusetts stuff. So it's all New England. Mm-hmm. So we have like a Weymouth, Massachusetts. A lot of, there's a lot of you know copied names yeah. uh, in Massachusetts in the area around us. So that's funny. I did find out about that actually because I used to be a town doll, and I, one of the one of the pictures that we did was actually of um, us being firemen because I think Quinn had just followed us or something like that. Yeah, I was looking for fire engines and I saw this one that said Weymouth on it, but obviously it wasn't my Weymouth. I was like, I oh have yeah, to that's use funny. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. So definitely, I, I'd like to um, go back and see the other Weymouth and see if it's yeah, as yeah. much of a shithole as uh, this one is. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, to be completely honest. <laughs> it probably is. Unless that was that must have been Weymouth, New Jersey, right? Or I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, like in 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 Massachusetts there's a lot like right up the right up the street from me is Swansea Massachusetts so there's a lot of the 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 English town names that were brought over uh, it's really interesting mm. uh, that's funny though cuz i think is there a Weymouth in New York like May- maybe yeah. see i'm not even sure Weymouth Massachusetts is close to me so i've seen the highway signs but outside of that i'm not sure okay <laughs> i will yeah. do some research <laughs> and i will find them all yeah please yeah <laughs> You should do a tour of Weymouth, whatever, wherever, any state that has a Weymouth, you go visit and it, pic- and you do a complete comparison. <laughs> There'll be pictures of me again. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in front of the signs, and that's it. Yeah, just to take a picture of the sign, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So we've got some questions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I've got some questions. Um, no, I haven't had a chance to listen. I did obviously had to listen to the music that you do so we'll get onto that a bit later because i yeah. absolutely love rock heavy metal punk type music yeah. so it's very much my cup of tea awesome that's yeah. great um but the only thing i haven't listened to is your podcast and i just wondered if you mm. wanted to tell well myself and other people about your podcast well um so basically uh you know i started uh, the band senior discount that i'm in the punk rock band in uh around 2004 i'd say we started playing out seriously and um, we always wanted, we kind of had like an alternative path to getting out there where it was about playing shows and, and, and releasing music like a normal band. But right away, we got this big opportunity to play this big show at a venue called Lupo's in uh, Rhode Island in Providence, the capital. And uh, it's a big venue. It's a venue that we, you know, I had grown up going to that really inspired me with a lot of bands that I loved. And we got the opportunity to go to play there. Um, but we had this caveat where they're like, can you guys sell 125 tickets? And, um, uh, you know, we were a really small band at the time and we were just starting out 
And uh, we're like, man, how are we going to move 125 tickets? So we came up with this idea. You know, I had I was I was just getting into college and uh, I was going to school for film. And I said, um, let's make a, like a comedy video and, and kind of make a almost like a commercial to advertise the show. And now that sounds really normal. But YouTube didn't get popular until years after yeah. that, which is which is crazy to think about. It makes me feel so fucking old. It's disgusting. And me as well. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, there wasn't a YouTube at the time uh, or, or even if it existed, it hadn't become popularized or mainstream. It was kind of MySpace in those days, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was MySpace. MySpace was a big deal for us. But uh, we made this like, you know, three or four, I guess, you know, four or five minute video. And it was our band being like, hey, come buy tickets from us. Come to the show. And it was walking through the reasons that people would say no about going to the show and us kind of knocking them down. So that started and we started this path of the band doing our music, which we're take very seriously and do these very raucous, wild punk rock mm -hmm. live shows, as well as this side path also of comedy videos. So they turned into prank videos we did prank videos like uh for Hall for halloween my uh when our guitarist came back to his house and we had stolen 300 pumpkins from local pumpkin patches and filled his room <laughs> with pumpkins or for thanksgiving that year he came home and there was a live turkey walking around in his bedroom oh, and uh we'd film these prank videos as well as scripted comedy videos eventually that were kind of more like a sitcom like uh do you know the monkeys yes tv show oh it was um, like the monkeys no i don't actually sorry apologies no the monkeys it was a show like this you know the monkeys were kind of a a beatles ripoff band oh i yeah i know the band but i don't know the program yeah oh so really so, so that's how they got famous they were they were a manufactured band of musicians and they made a scripted television show about the band so it was comedy a, a sitcom yeah in the 70s for like people to watch this band like putting on shows and getting into like they're, like solving mysteries and you know is is this crazy thing and we're kind of like the monkeys but for adults like the humor was for adults whereas the monkeys were very family oriented um but that's what it became so we'd have a we'd literally do like a 22 minute video um, where, you know, the idea would be, oh, we want to play a show at, uh, at this club, but they won't let us, you know, play unless we get a, a letter from the fire marshal because we caused some kind of fire last time. And, uh, that'll be the A storyline and the B storyline will be about another character and we'll do this whole video. And it came from having an education in film and, uh, you know, loving film and, and kind of making these short, these short videos. And it was great because I think that. Like, no matter what, I wanted to do film stuff, and I continue to do film stuff. Um, and the band was a real interesting opportunity to try to bring that to it and make it a part of the personality of the band. So what happened was we were doing it for a while. We got more and more professional about it. And and I met this guy. So uh, my bassist of my band in 2000, uh, I think it was 2000, geez, uh, 11 or 12, um, or maybe before that. Maybe two, I'm sorry, what am I saying, 2011 or 12? 2008 or nine. Uh, the basis at the time was doing improv oh, okay. in New in Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, and uh, so uh, he was he was doing improv, and I met this guy named Brad, Brad Roar, and uh, I was like, Brad is so funny. He's so conservative and like stuck up and bitchy, and he's so different than what we are because the band, the band had this you know. Um, the band has a weird rep reputation because we did these videos, which were, which, you know, allowed us to do a lot of different funny things, but we, but a lot of them, like I said, with the pranks were very, uh, 
like crazy. So like we made eventually what happened was we made this movie that was supposed to be a documentary about the band, but really it was an excuse for us to just go fucking insane. Like what we did was this big task based scavenger hunt and it was nuts. Like uh, one of them was called uh, one of the tasks was called Enema at Fatima <laughs> and you had to give yourself an enema at this school during the day in front of this main road. Um, and I did it and I got arrested for it. Oh, um <laughs> Yeah, but there was a lot of stuff like that, like a lot of like big, crazy stunt stuff, almost like jackass. Um, And we so we had this reputation around the area for being kind of crazy and doing this stuff. And Brad, when I saw Brad, he's the opposite. He's he's you know, he wears a tie all the time and, uh, you know, he's very bitchy and nerdy and uh, straight lace sort of thing. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And super conservative. And so I was like, Brad, like, why don't you come on the videos and be like an antagonist and be a, a villain for our band to mess with? And um, he did. And right around that time, at the same time, I was redesigning our website back when websites were important. Now it's all social media. But back then there was websites. Mm. And I said, how can we get people coming back to the website every week to check out what we're doing? Because when you're a regional band or an independent band, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to say, hey, we're going to play in Rhode Island every week. We're going to play in Massachusetts every month. You don't want to do that because no one's going to feel like it's important to go see you. You only want to play there maybe twice a year. So we spend a lot of time playing in other places all around New England, you know, New York, Pennsylvania, whatever. And uh, and I'm practicing or recording. And I said, but I want people to be able to continually be connected to what we're doing. I don't want them to wait six months for a show or even until the next video. So what if we did a podcast every week that would get people to come back to our website? So the podcast really started as a function of the band. And I was like, yeah, there's enough to talk about. Like, uh, you know, and it, honestly, it was Brad's idea at first to do a podcast in general. And then it was my idea of like, oh, the senior discount website can be the reason we do it. And we still run the website, seniordiscountmusic.com. But that's that's uh, that's where it started uh, to bring people back in. And I was like, we can talk about the behind the scenes of the band filming new stuff. Plus, like we love pop culture. We love movies and, and music and all these different things. I was like, we could talk about that. We could interview people from the music scene. We could do whatever we want. And we started out um, kind of just making it about the band and about Brad's uh, performance life, which was uh, an improv guy. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And that was three hundred and about three hundred and fifty episodes ago. So what it's changed into is, uh, you know, over the years with the band, I love the band. I, I honestly, I hope the band never goes away. But um, as you get older with creative stuff, you realize a lot of people kind of just fall off. There's this weird friendship and uh, working together uh, relationship of people who want to do this, do creative things for their life and people who want to do creative things in their spare time. And so what happens to me is I really want to do creative things with my life. I really want to become a filmmaker, um, you know, professionally, as well as continue to do music in whatever way that is. Um, but I've worked with so many people who flaked out and became regular, like nine to five or guys who just don't have the time to be serious about it or don't have the uh, dedication to be serious. Yeah, about it's it. more a hobby for them rather than, yeah, a passion. Exactly. Yeah. And the band stuff, I think, is, is difficult, too, because... Uh, me having a career in film with uh, technical stuff and writing and directing and whatever that is, is more of a, a possibility than being a punk rock band that actually supports, you know, four guys. Um, so I get that. So we've been playing less over the years. Like like I said, I never want the band to break up, even if we just kind of have to play less. We did two great shows this year with uh, the Toasters and the Pie Tasters. And uh, but but we play less. And um, 
because of that, like the, the content of the podcast has changed a little bit um, because the podcast kind of, I think, is kind of right now gotten bigger than the band. It has more of a, a, a and it's easy. It's, it's also easier to do. It's easier to get two guys together yeah. once a week to be funny in an improvisational way and put it online for people to listen to than it is to get four guys together with a PA system to sing through and all our amps and our drums to go play out to people. That's a, It's a much easier thing. So, and it's also kind of like it goes more with the trends. You know, people, I think less people are going out to see live music. More people are, are doing stuff online. So yeah. now the podcast has kind of become its own thing. So so over the years, um, it's it, you know what? The truth is the the way that we look at the podcast is similar similar to the way that we've always looked at it. But uh, now it's more about sometimes a little bit performance comedy. Like, uh, you know, we realized around this Thanksgiving that there's no Thanksgiving mascot, even though there's so many Christmas mascots. So I created a Thanksgiving mascot named Gibby the Thanksgiving Goblin. Okay. And I wrote her I wrote her whole her whole like story. Like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I wrote that and we presented it on the podcast. Or like, you know, we do we do continual bits on the podcast once in a while. Like Halloween, we do a bit called Rejected Halloween Costumes and they're awful pun versions of Halloween costumes. I'll give you one. Um it's you and you three friends, all dressed as Professor Snape, and you go to a party, and you're Planet of the Snapes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, pretty, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're supposed to be terrible. They're supposed to be terrible. But, you know, it's, it's, and it's, become, a, it's become a thing where, you know, Brad and I kind of branched out and started doing stand-up comedy, so we do live comedy shows as well as, as, well as live uh, comedy shows together. Um, and that kind of stuff has become um, more prominent than uh, a lot of the band stuff. So I'd say... Honestly, um, the podcast is now a real journal of our lives as artists. So we're going to talk about my performance stuff, Brad's performance stuff, our performance stuff together, our views on current art. You know, we might do a whole episode about how much we loved Thor Ragnarok. And, uh, you know, we try to bring on other places, other other uh, entities in Rhode Island, um, especially because we believe that we have such a great art scene here. You know, we have a really interesting culinary scene as well as a really interesting art scene because of uh, RISD which is one of the top design schools in the country so like last week we had you know uh, this week we had on uh, the owners of this excellent pretzel restaurant the malted barley last week we had on a band called nobody's boy scout right for their CD release party Um, so we do you know I'd love to do an interview every other week and so every other week it's just me and Brad and every other week it's it's, uh, us with an interview but we really want to push Rhode Island artists and talk about our lives as artists like one of the you know one of my favorite episodes we ever did was an episode we did this summer where, you know, we had to keep it secret, but we were invited to submit to write for season seven of Impractical Jokers. Oh, okay. And uh, that would be like a big break for us. Definitely. You know, we'd, if we if we got through, we'd move to New York and we'd become writers in the show. Um, you know, and I'll tell I'll tell the story of how that happened if you want in a minute, but uh, we didn't get it. Okay. And so we sat down on the podcast and we talked about our feelings about how you know how that felt and how we were gonna deal with it and prepare going forward and it was a very intimate real look at the life of like artists have to go through that if you're trying to become a professional creative type you go through a lot of hard things and and big opportunities and then rejections and and chances and rejections so we really want to make it so that people are on a journey with us um, as artists but obviously the main thing is comedy the main thing is being funny and having fun but yeah, so it's 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 the world of art, including movies, music, comedy, TV, podcasts, books, video games, through the eyes of active artists. That's that's kind of what the podcast has become. And we're going to bring on other artists, and we're going to bring on people we love, and 
and just have a good time. It's really the podcast is about love and art and friendship and uh, trying to experience life in a in a thoughtful way. Okay. <laughs> I know that was a long that was a long winded explanation. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because um, that's the kind of thing that's the kind of thing that I was after, really. Because um, you know, like it's a good way to sort of sell your sell. I think so. What the you podcast. do? Yeah. yeah. It also sounds yeah, like you've sure. got a lot of fingers in lots of different pies, so to speak, as well. Yeah, the past the past year and a half has been pretty nuts in terms of uh, ramping stuff up. Like before, you know, before this, it was like I had the band and uh, I had the podcast. And then Brad and I were filmmakers who did what, you know, did projects here and there that we can uh, because obviously everything's very independent. We don't have a lot of money to do anything. And we did like live comedy shows. And that already seems like a lot. Yeah. And then it became starting to work with Tell Him Steve Dave. Now I'm working on uh, a secret project. Every fucking project I work on is secret. Yeah. But there's a Tell Him Steve Dave stuff that is secret. And then uh, I have another project I'm working on with a comedian in the area named Ray Harrington. He's excellent. And uh, he pulled me on to a new project that is very time consuming, but is going to be awesome and I think is a big deal. I think we're going to – I shouldn't say anything. It's a secret. But but it's, it's, a great, it's a great project. I'm happy to be working on it. And I got asked to start writing for this magazine, Motif Magazine, as well. So it's just been – and I work with a company in Rhode Island called RI Food Fights, and I'm their spokesman. So I have to film videos for them announcing their events and stuff like that. Um, and I, I take part as well. Uh, I'm a judge. It's a, it's a great company, RI Food Fights. They'll do a thing like – best cupcakes in Rhode Island and they'll have an event one day where they all the best cupcakes come in and I'm an official judge for all that stuff oh, so they wow. do best cookies best <laughs> cupcakes best ice cream it's amazing <laughs> but all that stuff has come up in the past couple of years and uh, doing all of it is very tiring but super rewarding and I love it I love doing all of it yeah that does sound fun and also that's a really fun name as well you imagine like cupcakes being thrown <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's very, very positive for the area. This guy, Jim Nellis, is the is the creator behind it. And this thing, RF Food Fights, is it's so popular, it's crazy. And uh, I'm pushing him to go national and start doing it in other cities. And he's starting to do that, too. So it's a great company to be involved with. Uh, you know, they're, they're super, super popular. And it's great because they have an insane social media presence. Yeah. And I'll just be like, hey, Jim, can I go on that and announce our new podcast this week? And he's like, yeah. And he just lets me use it. And so it's excellent to have access to. Yeah, definitely. So one of the questions that I thought of was, um, what did you want to do when you were a child? And are you doing it now? I, man, I used to carry around a briefcase full of uh, plastic figures like Sesame Street and Mickey. Uh, so I don't know if I wanted to be like a little businessman, but... um. <laughs> I think I think it was always in me to be some kind of performer. I was going to say, were you a briefcase wanker? But I don't know if you've seen him. Um... <laughs> what is a briefcase wanker? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Have you never seen Inbetweeners? I haven't seen the Inbetweeners. I know the Inbetweeners is supposed to be awesome, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, you need to watch the UK version. Uh, I I don't know what the American version's like, so I don't know. If yeah, it's good. I think the American version's a little bit uh, like drama ish, honestly. But um, what's a briefcase wanker? Oh, basically, it's um the one of the characters' first day of school, and he's uh, he's called Will, and he's going to school, but he's uh, instead of taking like a backpack, he takes a briefcase with him, and so that is on his first day, he gets labeled briefcase wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> Um, I th I think I always wanted to be a performer, and I remember actively thinking uh, when I was a little bit older, when I was probably a young teenager, like, man, I'd love to be in a rock and roll band, but I don't want to have to learn an instrument. That seems so hard. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I, I always wanted to be a performer, um, but I didn't know what. And it's funny because now I'm 33 and I want to be a performer. And instead of figuring out which one I want to be, I just try to do them all. So, yeah. so I think that that might have always been part of the plan. Except I got over the hump and learned how to play guitar a little bit. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's good. Yeah, because it's yeah. you know it's another string to your bow because you know you, obviously you know you're not doing enough already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I know it. It's crazy. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is uh, I'm going to give you a top uh, couple. Okay. Okay. Fight Club is at the top of my list. Brilliant film. Um, Oh yeah, I love it. So Dark Knight is up there. Honestly, I know that it's it's a newer movie, so it's kind of gauche. Um, and don't worry, gauche isn't even a word that most Americans use. I, I I'm one of the only people that says it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I I know it's newer and people love it so much that it's kind of boring that it's one of my favorites. But I love Dark Knight. I think it's it's amazing. Chasing Amy is one of my favorites. Yeah, good. Um, oh yeah, and Anchorman. Those are those have got to be like my top four. I know people usually do top five, but that's my top four. I love the movie Smoke and Aces. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's an action movie um, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta. It's so good. It's so unbelievably good. Okay. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one, but I'll... Um, oh, check it out. I'll have a look, see if it's on Netflix and maybe watch it tonight. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Smoke and Aces is one of my favorites. Yeah. I think uh, with regards to me, yeah, I think a lot of Kevin Smith's films would definitely be on there. I love Jersey Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he gives um, he gives himself stick, but I think he does that just so that the critics don't get in there. But um, <laughs> I do. I love Jersey Girl. It's such a beautiful film. Oh yeah, no, it is. I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I I love the Kevin Smith movies. They they really. Um, kind of brought me into the world of film you know yeah i was a little bit too young really for a lot of the people that got into like clerks and mall rats when they came out because in 1990 what did, what did clerks come out 93 or 94 I, I yeah i was i was 10 in 1994 so i was a little bit too young yeah. for for that kind of for that stuff so for me i think my first uh exposure was chasing amy i think that when that came out on vhs which is probably 97 98 that was my first exposure, and then I went back, obviously, and I know the movies super well. And uh, yeah, I love I love all the movies. I think you know, Jansen and Bob Strike Back is one of my favorite comedies. Dogma is like one of the smartest comedies I've ever seen. Um, I, I love all that stuff. I love Red State. Red State is unbelievable. Yeah. I love that movie. Well, I I got a confession to make. I've I've got that film, but I still haven't watched it. But I need to get my ass into oh. here and watch. That oh, one. it's gr- it's excellent. John Goodman is amazing in that movie. Did you watch uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane? I watched Cloverfield, but... Yeah, there's a, there's a movie called 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think it came out last year, and John Goodman is one of the main characters, and it's fucking phenomenal. It's unbelievable. It's so good. It's haunting. Okay. It's it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Okay. You have to you have to message me with all this list of um, things that I need I to will. do. <laughs> oh, I will. Don't, don't tempt me. I'll do it. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not editing and recording, um, I've got free time, so... <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I hear you. But I just feel like I'm editing all the time at the moment, but I'm still oh, new to it, you. so hopefully it'll get quicker yeah. now. Have you ever given anyone a fake name, and what's the story behind it, if you have? As in, like, you've met someone and you've given your name as a fake one. I say, uh, you know, the fake name I use the most most is uh, Jimothy. I like that name, because who would be named Jimothy? I like that. <laughs> And it's funny because it's at first when someone says, oh, my name's Jimothy, you're like, okay. Then you're like, wait, that's weird. Like, it, it takes you a second to be like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, so that's the fake name I use. But I think I've only given a fake name 
to be funny never as like to trick someone yeah uh but i like but jimothy is my fake name of choice <laughs> because with me um it used to like i don't go out that much now but early 20s you know sort of age <laughs> i used to go out and um go into clubs and things and then if somebody approached me that i didn't really particularly like but i didn't want to be rude i said my name was ermintrude <laughs> <laughs> but one yeah, fake name set up that's terrible <laughs> yeah yeah ermintrude um the only problem was is that uh one guy called me on it and actually asked me how i spelled it and then i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> um with regards to your band, yes, I've I've noticed that there's a lot of um, female names, about four female names in there that I've noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Is that is that for like ex partners and things like that, or uh, you know, so let me let me let me see, let me see if I get them all. So the first one that I can think of is Maxine. That's yep. a, that's a that's a song on our first album. Um, that song is that's that's just a fake name. That's a that was one of Kevin's songs. He was uh one of the singers. Um back then and he wrote a song uh we had a house actually i bought a house uh a couple a couple streets away but we had a house for basically we shouldn't have had this house it was a lot of bad stuff going on there Uh, when we were all 20 under under the age of 21 we rented a house um for a couple of us to live in it became this crazy party house like crazy party house and uh it was about the nights there and uh maxine was his uh his metaphorical girl random girl that he met at the party because that's what the parties were about Mm. um so for that one that was fake and then also it was one of them wendy's yeah i bet you i know who that's about it's it, who's it about? <laughs> Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's. <laughs> it's about Wendy's. It's about the. It's about Wendy's. The, the case. Yeah, no, but I saw Dave Thomas to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's another Kevin thing where he just came up with a song that was you know that's that's an older song. That's probably the first song that we ever wrote as a band. Um, Kevin wrote it before the band started, so it's an old old song. Um, but he just liked he liked Wendy's so much when they came to our town that he called it Wendy's. So that's his two bullshit um uh you know reasons for coming up with it my two songs with the girl names uh are kaylee's song and cindy yes right yep that's right cindy is yeah cindy is one of my favorite ones oh thank you very much i love that song kaylee's song uh that came on this is on our first album too and that was actually about uh my first long-term relationship with a girl named kaylee and uh when we broke up i wrote this song and honestly i think at the time it was a it was a ploy to not a ploy but it was i was trying to get her back and uh, it sort of worked. I got her back a couple times over the years, but uh, um, she's uh, yeah. It was it was about our relationship, so that was a real person. Kaylee was a real person, and then the Cindy song. See, it's hard because you so you know the the lyrics of Cindy and the and the, the what it's about, and it's about yeah. She was never good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. It was about getting out of a relationship and purposely just dating girls and not being serious about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cindy, as much as Cindy, Cindy was a real girl and there's a big radio station in New England area called uh, WBRU. And we actually debuted that single on WBRU months after Cindy and I had stopped seeing each other. And as soon as I debuted it, I get a text and she's like, what the fuck? Like she, she was <laughs> flipping out. Cause one of, there's a mean line in that song that says, um, Oh man, what the fuck? What is, uh, I'm trying to think right the second chorus. It's like, you want to be my trophy. Uh, you want to be my trophy wife, but I just can't settle. Besides, I think of you more like a silver medal. 
That line, first of all, oh. Brad, first of all, oh yeah, first of all, Brad, my podcast partner, he wrote that fucking line. I'm gonna throw him under the bus here and now. Yeah. I was going through that song and I was like, oh, I have all these ideas for this part. Here's the melody. I'm trying to think of stuff, and he came up with that. I came up with the beginning of it, the trophy wife thing. And um, anyway, so she hears this song on the radio that's really just like, I don't want to be with you. I didn't want to be with you. It was just you know whatever, and she was pissed. But um. <laughs> Pissed means mean. I mean, oh, I'm mad yeah, yeah, here. yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't drunk. Um, no, she. Uh, so that song is really about Cindy, but it was inflated. Like you know, because the whole song is like, I, I don't really care. Like I'm just doing this for fun. This is what I need to do right now. And it kind of, you know, I, I do think the, the song is at least thoughtful in the way that, like, um, you know, the chorus is like Cindy. Oh man, I know Cindy, this is so dumb that I can't you remember. You were never good for me, Cindy. Good for me. Yeah, Cindy. Something, something. I always knew, Cindy. <laughs> but then the second, yeah, the second. That's really about that. I'm singing your own lyrics to you. <laughs> right. The second, the second half of it is like, Cindy, excuse my insanity, Cindy. Uh, um, I don't know. But then it's like, Cindy, I might lose my humanity. Like this yeah. is all about how I know I'm going through this point in time where I'm. Not wanting to be in a relationship because the true story behind it is just that I was in like a five year relationship. I bought a house for myself and my girlfriend, and then we she broke up with me four months after we bought the house together. Oh, so bitch. yeah, so it was harsh. Yeah, it was terrible. She broke up with me on a road trip. She texted me from a road trip to break up with me after five years. Yeah. Oh my so, god. So for a long time, I didn't want to be in a relationship, and uh, I didn't think it was worth the the effort and the and the heartbreak. And so f- that was the whole point of the song. That's the whole point of the song. Um, and you know, I, I dated this girl Cindy. She was the first girl I really dated afterwards. And up front, I was you know I was like you know I really don't want a relationship uh, because of this thing. And she's like, oh me neither, me neither. Then a couple of months in, she completely changed her tune, and I became an asshole because I didn't want the relationship. Uh, but that's where the story came, the song came from. Um, and uh, that's yeah. So it's a real name and a real person, but I hope that she understands it's an inflated story. Because Cindy, Cindy was cool. Cindy was really cool. She was uh, she was really funny, but she just you know she didn't care about what I said. When I'm like, hey, I'm not ready for a relationship. If you're not down, that's okay. But that, I can't do it. And she was just like, yeah, sure, sure. And then she totally was like, you're a piece of shit for not wanting a relationship. So um, she's a cool person, though. I think that when we broke up. I think she got engaged to like a 60 year old guy and married him. And she was like 24, 25. It's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. She had some. Yeah. People can't see my face, but I'm pulling a face (laughs) at the moment of disgust. (laughs) I wish, I wish her well. I wish her well. But she was, uh, she was nuts. She was cool. She's funny. (laughs) Well, as we're talking about that song, we just uh, slip a little bit of that song or the whole song in right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Do it. Yeah. Perfect. That's a perfect segue. Okay. <laughs> you're like, you're, like is, a, uh, <laughs> you're a great DJ.
enjoys listening to that uh, that song actually because i really do enjoy it so that's awesome thank you i i really when we wrote the newer album which that's on at the, the album that that's on is uh senior discount is the band name and the album's name is this is not the end yep. that song i was writing so many sad dark songs so many things that happened you know i, I wrote that song because i was like I, what i love is i love pop music you know the bands that inspired me to start a band are like blink 182 and green day um and other bands in the punk scene that write pop music you know um, stuff and stuff that translates across generations where you could like, you know, I showed my 90 year old grandfather, Cindy, and he liked the song. Yeah. You know, um, so I wanted to write a good song like from a music perspective. I think it's it's a very well written song. There's a lot of great harmony stuff. The melody is very solid. I spent a lot of time really crafting that song as a pop single to uh, to appeal to everybody, to anyone that hears it. Like, oh, shit, that's a good song. And uh, I really think that, you know. We've tried that a couple times over the years, and the song I think that most accomplishes that is Cindy. Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. It's quite funny, That's actually, awesome the other hear. day. I was driving in my car. I had I had the album on, um, about volume 40, so it was quite loud. And um, mm-hmm. I was stuck at traffic lights, and I looked over to the car to the right or left of me, whichever it was. I'm not very good with uh, rights and lefts. Um, <laughs> the other side of me. And there was two children in the back who were, I'd guess, about five and two. Yeah. And they were going like this, rocking. <laughs> ah, nice. Perfect. That's exactly what I want to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. So those kids, are like the only thing that would have made it better would have they given me a metal salute as well. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So, yeah, even kids enjoy it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, What made you come up with the name? Senior Discount? Yes. Um, it, Honestly, it was, uh, you know, our old bassist, Kevin, was working at a place called Newport Creamery. That was a, a restaurant in the area, the, the New England area. And uh, he saw like a, like a, you know how you, at a restaurant, they might have like a little plastic 
stand with like an advertisement inside and it was for a senior discount and he just like it just said senior discount real big yep and he's like senior discount and it was just he's like that's a good just like the way that that sounds it feels like it's by itself and it feels like it pops and it's just a fun yeah. senior discount it's just fun by, by itself and that's the only reason that's our band name it's the only reason <laughs> so dumb so dumb but uh that's that is the reason it is a good name though Thank you very much. When we were younger, I, I went on a radio show and I said that I, I remember saying this. It's so stupid. I don't think it's funny. So I'm not proud of this, but that we used I, I, someone asked me and I said, we used to go to a retirement home, slip Viagra's into a lot of the, the old men's uh, medicine. And when they'd fall asleep, they'd get these boners and we'd get on top of them and we'd all have we'd see how many of them we could have sex with. And it was our senior disc dick mount contest, but we thought senior dick mount was too offensive, so we changed the senior discount. So stupid. That is the answer I used to give, though. What was their so reaction dumb. to that? <laughs> they hated it. We we got a radio show kicked off of a radio station one time because of us going on and having a terrible visit. So that was probably my foray into radio, into podcasting. That was my first experience. Um, but uh, yeah, so dumb. But that's funny. Yeah, definitely is funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, were were you inserting it up their bum? Uh, you know, up your bum? Or- <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, that's that was the that was the implication. Yeah. It was in my behind. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were using mouths. You know, just in case. No. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't really be mounting. That'd be kneeling or something. Yeah, bending. I suppose. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. We had to mount them for the for the rhyming. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, that's insane. <laughs> I like the fact that you. Said said that on a radio station they probably went dead silent i'm asking more questions <laughs> we always did stuff like that we always did and, and the more the the younger and newer the uh the radio station host mm. the more we would go in that direction because they'd be so thrown by us doing that kind of stuff is so funny i love that <laughs> i like messing with people but in a fun way in a in an innocent way you know what i mean yeah. like that kind of messing with people i think is funny yeah yeah as long as you're not um, being actual hurtful, but you don't seem like the person that would be. So, <laughs> yeah, just joking around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, class clown, <laughs> so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. On iTunes, because that's where I purchased yes. on the senior discount albums. I noticed awesome. that it says rock, um, rock music. Mm. Does that really mm. kind of annoy you? A bit because you're more like punk rock ska kind of. Yeah, it's uh, and you know, honestly, I'd rather say that we're a rock band because you know, if you've listened to the whole album, um, you know, Afterlife and and those other songs, they do kind of stretch. You know, honestly, a lot of people would hear Cindy and classify us as a pop punk band, mm-hmm. and I think I do think Cindy is like a pop punk song. But then you hear something like Afterlife, and it's not really a pop punk song anymore. It's 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 closer to like just regular rock. Plus, we do a lot of acoustic stuff. That that track opener um, is, a, is an opening track called Fistful of Discount on the album, and it's an instrumental track. And it's like a cowboy rock song. Yeah. And I love that song. I love that song. So I, I think that it's it's better to just say that we're a rock band and then have us bring a couple styles in than to say, oh, we're a punk band or a pop punk band because I think that we're going to jump past that genre a little bit. Even though, as I as I say that, I'm looking at this trophy in front of me. It's uh, it says best pop punk band senior discount from this award show we went to this year. So you know that's that's how people are always going to classify us as a punk band or a pop punk band, and that's that's where I came from. That's where I love 
But I do think that saying rock makes more sense because uh, it's just we, we bring a lot of different stuff to the table. I now. suppose it opens it up to a wider audience as well, doesn't it? If you right. don't just pigeonhole yourself. Exactly. That's how I think of it, too. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had the weird task of like because a big part of our band is personality. So like our, our live shows are very filled with uh, our personality and jokes and bringing the audience in. And doing like weird things, you know, like uh, like our Christmas medley is something I'm really, really proud of. Um, it was kind of a strange thing for like, oh, you're a punk rock band. And like, you know, did you listen to the Christmas medley? Have you heard I it? I did. Yeah, I actually only listened to it the other day. So I felt really weird listening oh, that's to awesome. it. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like, you know, you hear that there's a big breakdown with a with a choir part. And like there's all these different things that don't really fall into like a punk rock aesthetic. Um, and we like to do that stuff live all the time. You know, we used to have a, a, a like a, a ska ish cover of the song uh, Kiss the Girl that we used to do from Little Mermaid uh, live. Yeah. There was another cover on one of your albums as well. I try to think. Uh, oh, girls just want to have fun. Oh, girls want to have fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm very proud of that one. I'm very proud of that one. Um, but yeah, so that stuff, because it kind of falls outside the norm for uh, for a band. We've been in a lot of situations where we get to open for um, musicians that don't fit into our uh, into our genres at all. We open for like this hip hop act, Mickey Avalon, and we open for the mashup DJ Girl Talk, who we became friends with. And because of our personality, that's kind of put us in those situations. And I'd rather be known as a rock band, mm-hmm. um, or just you know, I love the idea of being a rock and roll band because when you're young, when you're Eight years old, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, rock and roll band. And you don't, you don't care about genres. You don't care about the bullshit little tiny differences. You care about, like, rock and roll. And so, like, that's how I want to think of my band as a rock and roll band. And I think that we – it's funny because I know we do fit into a specific genre. But if you think of the attributes of a rock and roll band, we fucking knock them out of the park, especially the the insanity side of it and the stuff that we have done. So it's really fun. But, yeah, I, 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 I'd rather have a genre that's that open. I, I think that's better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is a good call. I, I should have told you that this was like the blue milk from the from Star Wars, the new one, where he goes and he milks the tits of that cow or whatever it is. It said, did you see the new Star Wars? No, I haven't yet, no. Dude, oh, do you like Star Wars? I do, yes. I like the, I liked the last one. I've never gotten into, as into Star Wars as everybody else, but I, I appreciate it. But like, you know, in the original Star Wars, A New Hope, they drink like blue milk. And oh. in this movie, they wanted to do like a callback to it. And so Luke goes and like, there's this like, camel thing like chilling out sitting and it just has all these boobs and he just like milks it on camera (laughs) for this blue milk to drink later so weird what a weird callback but anyway that's what this is i went and i milked a weird blue milked uh tits out camel that's how i got this (laughs) that's my that's a better explanation than it's sugar-free kool-aid which is the truth I don't know. I, oh, yeah, all I can think of is the Kool Aid uh, man, you know, oh, the yeah. jug. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I love him. oh yeah, that's right. But then I always saw that as orange, so I was like, that's why when it was blue, I was like, huh? yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think the I think the typical Kool Aid is probably red. Okay, but uh, I have I have all the little squeezers. You can buy these little squeezers now. And you just squeeze them into ice water, and I, I love it. So good. I know it's it's so stupid and immature, but I love it. No, that's why I'm I'm drink. I always say squash to everybody who's American, <laughs> and then I have to go through it and explain what squash is. Um, this yeah, is, please do. Yes, I will. <laughs> you can just listen to any other episode. You know. This is my glass, first of all. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, mason jar skull. I love it. <laughs> um, that's great. But 
Might as well have a sip while I uh, while I think yeah. about it and have it in my hand. Sure. Um, yep. Squash is it's basically it's a fruit concentrate, um, which oh, okay. you you put in the bottom and then you just add water to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar to my squeezer, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It probably is. It probably is. Very very similar to that. So. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, we why why have we got so many different words? It's so annoying. I know. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, musically, I think actually you've probably covered quite a few, but, um, who are your biggest influences? Yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say Blink-182 is kind of the reason that we started a band. You know, when I was in high school, Blink-182 was really the band that introduced me to the idea of, uh, a band having a lot of personality and being really funny. And, uh, that really spoke to me. So Blink-182 really started things, uh, Green Day, uh, it was just incredible. And, uh, then there's like a lot of bands that you, you might've heard of, like No Effects, Rancid, yes. Um, Goldfinger, Suicide Machines, uh, the Lawrence Arms, Dancehall Crashers, Real Big Fish is, a, is even though they're a different band, they're like a straight ska band. Do you know a band called Sponge? Yeah, I know Sponge. Yeah, yeah I know Sponge. I what like was them. their big song? Oh man, I know their big song. Um, I think it was on Guitar Hero, a rock band. One that's called um, Kicking Pigeons, which I love. Maybe it's maybe it's that. But I think one of their biggest ones. I'm just gonna put it up on the album. Uh, Less than Jake is is a huge influence. Uh, but but all those bands, they you know they kind of introduced me to the fact that like uh, really fast, um, fun punk rock. See, it's funny. There's a lot of older punk rock that I don't really connect to that much, like uh, like Minor Threat and and those kind of like older bands. Because a lot of that punk rock stuff was about yelling and and and, uh, and and kind of just being loud and kind of fast, and these bands like Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day, they really kind of showed me that you can make this like fast, energetic, loud punk rock music, but with a lot of melody and harmonies and thoughts behind making writing a good song. Um, so those those are the you know those are the the ones that really made me feel like it would be fun to take part in that and to try that. And it's great because, you know, on the we've had Real Big Fish on the podcast. We've had Less Than Jake on the wow, podcast. We had cool. Bowling for Soup on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bowling for Soup. I love them. <laughs> yeah, right. I just I went on one on their tour bus earlier this year and I uh, I did a big interview with the bassist. Actually, one of our newest pranks, uh, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup was a big part of the, the, the prank on our on our old guitarist where we did this prank at our at our live episode. See, this is people listening to this are like, what the fuck is this guy do? It's so weird. But we did a live <laughs> podcast episode in Providence in this venue. And and one of the things we did was is going to sound really mean. But we always joked about our guitarist at the time, uh, Eric Maxud. We always made these jokes about him having this like promiscuous racist grandmother. Okay. It was always a, it was, you know, just fictional. Her name was Noni Maxud. And so what we did was we had a hundred funeral invitations printed up for her and we sent them across the country to all different people. Yeah, um, with like really intriguing messages and an email address to respond to us. So one of them, you know, could be like, uh, like we would send it to like, you know, let's say Tim Smith, you know, random name we pulled out of the phone book. It would say, dear Tim Smith, people are saying that Noni's death is a suicide. And that's what you better fucking say, too. <laughs> and it would be stuff like that on these postcards, these uh, funeral invitations. And so we presented uh, Max suit. He had no idea at our live 300th episode with this the the funeral invitation and all the things we sent out, as well as all the responses we got from people because people got pissed off. Yeah. And one of the the parts of it, the finale of the prank, was that we had the lead singer of Bowling for Soup, who is one of Max suit's favorite bands. We sent him one. This this is what Max suit thought because this didn't really this didn't really happen. We sent we we, we sent him one. And it was from Eric Maxud himself, and he said, 
Hey guys, you're my favorite band. If you would show up at my grandmother's funeral, it'd make me forget all about my stupid grandma. Um, you know, please, you know, whatever. That's what we that's what we said. And so Jared is the lead singer of Bowling for Soup, and he pretended he sent us a video of him getting that postcard and saying like, "Listen, Eric, like I can't believe you'd say that. That's so fucked up." Uh, I went to your Facebook profile and you're a piece of shit. Like all this stuff about how he thinks that Max suit is a dick, but it was all fake. He was all in on the prank. He knew that what, what he actually did. And he knew that Max suit didn't really send him the postcard, but we had this video clip. We played it in the room in front of Max suit at the end of this thing. And Max suit was fucking livid. He was livid. <laughs> and so, uh, and then at the end, Jarrett, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup is like, and I just want to let you know, like, this is all a prank, Maxud. We're just kidding. And uh, everyone clapped and cheered, and Maxud was okay with it. But, yeah, we got one of the guys from Bowling for Soup to be in on this prank that we played, and it was beautiful and magical. It was so funny. <laughs> so funny. But, yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, that was a long-winded uh, answer again. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's great because I've been able to kind of, like, meet these people and kind of befriend them a little bit over the years because of Senior Discount playing so many shows and then the yeah. opportunity of the podcast – Real Big Fish, when they came on the podcast this year, uh, the, both of them had been Goldfinger. Um, and they actually played on the new Goldfinger album that came out this year as well. And they were telling stories about Goldfinger that were like, they weren't like they were terrible like sex stories or something, but they were like really talking shit about Goldfinger. And I couldn't believe that they were doing it on our podcast. I was kind of like, I almost wanted to say like, do you really want to say this stuff? But I didn't say that and I let them go and it was amazing. Um, but it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. But so anyway, so yeah, those bands are kind of the ones that, uh, really influenced me to start a band. Um, and the ones I still, you know, listen to and love and, and look up to. <laughs> it's very good answer. I know that was such a long answer. <laughs> no, not at all. Cause it's, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm, I'm bringing in questions, but it's kind of more conversation prompters yeah. rather than uh, exactly to, to stimulate conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Cause before this moment, me and you didn't know each other, so, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, I've just gone onto Twitter and I see that we have got a listener question, which you mentioned earlier. Yes. From Grace Williams. Yeah. Yes. She's very sweet. She is. She's also got a very awesome last name as well, because that's my last name. So, uh, you There know. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Grace. Um, and it is also at Grace is Amazing too. How was Chuck and Brad's Christmas show? Was it really the best ever? I didn't hear anything else about it, but I'm in Atlanta. So um, I don't really know what the last part means personally. <laughs> Atlanta is just a, a very different part of the country. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So, so uh, Brad and I, we're the ones that do the podcast the podcast is just called uh, the chuck and brad podcast and um in doing comedy shows um we decided to do like a live uh comedy variety show at a comedy club in providence uh right outside of providence called uh, the comedy connection and we decided to do one around christmas and call it chuck and brad's best christmas show ever okay and the whole story of the show was that kind of like fictionally my character felt like we're gonna put on the best christmas show ever and brad was a little bit more of a stick in the mud and kind of like we can't put on the best Christmas show ever. People have been putting on Christmas shows for years. We're just two comedians from Rhode Island. Like, how can we possibly do that? And that was the storyline of the show. And, you know, we were we did probably an hour, an hour and 15 minutes of, of stage comedy that night, four different segments. And uh, I can comfortably say I think it was the best Christmas show ever. It was very, very fun. It was really well attended. Uh, people really had a good time. Um, the comics were really funny. The other stand-up comedians we had in the show. Um, I think... You know, to answer Grace's question, it was. It was probably the best Christmas show of all time. Um, and I, I we're hoping that next year we can do 
a show called Chuck and Brad's Even Better Best Christmas Show Ever, um, <laughs> which I think would be great. Um, but it was it was awesome. It was yeah, you know, it, it was it was the best Christmas show ever in my heart because anytime me and Brad uh, put our brains together and really work real hard to to do something funny, uh, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. So for me, it was the best Christmas show ever. Um, yeah, right. That's fair. Yeah. We actually, if you listen to, uh, I, I'm not sure which episode of our podcast it is. But, uh, you know, it's probably the episode. Let me see. I'm going to look it up right now so I can give a really clear answer. Um, at, whenever we do something big like that, we really talk about it on the podcast. Like we really dive into what went wrong, what was what worked and, and what we want to improve upon. Um, and we did a big, big talk about Chuck and Brad's best Christmas show ever um, on the podcast. So that's episode uh, 344 of uh, the Chuck and Brad podcast. You can go to chuckandbradpodcast.com. And we really, really dive into the whole uh, Chuck and Brad's best Christmas show ever and what happened on that. Um, but I, I really was pleased with it to answer the question. Yeah, well, that's very good. Anytime that you do any form of performance art, you know, it's all art, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, you're putting a little bit of yourself in it. So sure. You know, absolutely. It's kind of hard when it's rejected isn't it? because it's oh, yeah. literally that little bit of you is like a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, what we're doing with our comedy shows is very strange, um, but I'm really happy because we've gotten a, a great response so far. So we're lucky. That's good. <laughs> um, I kind of drift. Unfortunately, I I drift a little bit with uh with things no, that no. go around. Um, but going back to the music, I just wanted to say um the other song that I really liked was Never Say Forever. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Never Say Forever. That was that was our our fuck you were back song because we hadn't done an album in a while. Okay, and um that was kind of yeah it was uh like, like i said we went we went through a, hard, a lot of hard stuff it's very weird like I, I had this big spine injury i needed to have spine surgery um and our guitarist was arrested out of nowhere oh my uh, God. disappeared from our lives oh yeah that was crazy and uh you know like, like i said i bought a house with my ex-girlfriend we lost members of the band that you know the name of the album this is not the end kind of came about because uh out of the four members of the band we lost two at one time so it was just two of us left and we did a, sh- a little ep called uh is this the end which was like was is this going to end the band and then we kind of did a follow up lp called this is not the end and so yeah never say forever is uh the first real song on the album there's an intro the song i was talking about before fistful of discount before yeah. that that's an intro um uh what's the word i'm looking for instrumental um, but yeah, Never Say Forever is kind of the the fuck you, we're back, who gives a shit that we had to go through all this stuff. Um, but thank you. I, lo- I love that song. I'm so I'm so proud of the breakdown in that song. Yeah. It's such a departure from stuff that we've done. Um, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I'm very proud of that song. It is a really, really good song. And I like, I like that it's kind of like, it's got like an angry side to it, but it's also got a fluffy, angry side to it as well. So- yeah, yeah, totally, totally. We want to we want to write fun songs. We want to write fun, fast songs. So it came at it, you know, from that angle. Yeah, angry and fun. <laughs> yeah, fluffy and fun. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I agree. I always said forever, and now I say so long. These ties we cannot sever. I never been so wrong. I rise above the ember. I never felt so strong. I always said forever. You motherfucker, you don't want none of me After what these bloodshot eyes have seen 
Yeah, so what happened was, actually, that that specific prank I was just talking about, the uh, the Noni Maxud funeral prank. Okay. When we we started writing the uh, postcards, because what we did was we just took a hundred postcards and we sat down and we each wrote fifty, Brad and I, off the top of our heads. And you know, I uh, let me think. Basically, what happened was to, for for me to start working with Tell him Steve Dave. Like like you said, there was that show in May mm-hmm. of 2016. Yep. And right after the show, when I realized they weren't filming it. You know, after I had offered, I reached out to Walt and I said, like, hey, like, you know, I, I don't know. And by the way, I don't I didn't know Walt at this time. I didn't have any connection to the guys at all. I just listened to tell him Steve Dave. And I was like, hey, like, you know, you guys, the show is so funny. I, I wish you guys filmed it. I can't believe you didn't film it. And uh, I was like, who else would help out? Because I, 
you know, just from listening to the podcast, I kind of figured Walt is not really the type of guy to go, hey, like, yeah, oh, this is going to be a, a huge undertaking and a thing I didn't think of. Yeah, let's try to figure this out. I think, you know, he'd be like, oh, thanks very much. And that's it. So I started reaching out to everyone I could. Um, and I reached out. One of the people I reached out to was the manager of Impractical Jokers. Right. And that's actually the guy that set me up he, where he said, like, hey, can you, you know, can you come film this? That's that'd be great for if you filmed this other live show, because that was my proposal. It was tell him Steve Davis doing another live show in July. I'll come out and film it. And that was live at the Gramercy. And the Impractical Jokers manager got back to me. We set it up. I went to uh, I went to the show. Um, and, and really, at first, Quinn was the person in charge of this. So after the show, I was downstairs at the Gramercy and we talked to Quinn for a little bit um, about the filming. And, uh, you know, we had this connection of now meeting Quinn and knowing the Impractical Jokers manager, whatever. So as time went on, we did this live show where we did this big funeral invitation prank. And um, I said, you know, a lot of the stuff that we wrote is really similar to the way that they must write Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Um, because I paid attention to the show as well as the behind the scenes of the show and, and, and the podcast surrounding the show. Um and I knew that they had writers and I was like, a lot of this stuff is probably really similar. So we had this weird idea where Brad and I made a pitch video for the Impractical Jokers where we looked at the camera and we said, we think we'd really fit in to the way that you guys write and what you guys do. Here's our, our short history. I think it was four and a half minutes long. Then it was four and a half minutes of that prank that we did, the Max, the Noni Maxud prank. And I sent it to everyone I could at the Impractical Jokers camp to get through. Mm. And say, we want to come write. And I got through to Casey Jost, who is one of the main writers and who's on the show sometimes. Yeah, I've met him, met him on the cruise this year, uh, last year, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, so, very and so, cool guy. Yeah, and he wrote back and he said, that video was really funny. I'm going to have the head writer send you guys uh, packets to uh, submit to become writers on Impractical Jokers. And I was like, that's, that's amazing, awesome. And, uh, you know, we talked to the head writer, uh, James McCarthy. And they sent us packets, which were so... We probably had to write like two and a half episodes worth of stuff for Impractical Jokers over the course of a week. Um, and Brad and I did it. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many people they hired. I think they might have only hired one person this year, actually. Um, but we heard back and then James said, uh, he's like, he's like, you know, you guys really understand the show. They were, the packets were really strong, but uh, we went with somebody else. And so, you know, that that's the way we got in was that we just kind of, you know, really put ourselves out there with a pitch video that like really no one ever does anything like that. That's not the normal way to do anything. And uh, it worked and it got through. And we now we try to look at that as, well, that's proof that we're at the cusp. Uh, we're yeah. at the point where we could do this. You know, if we send a cold, cause we never met Casey Jost. It's not like this is going from Quinn to Casey Jost or anything like that. No one knew us. Uh, we just said like, Hey, we're working with tell them Steve, Dave and stuff. Um, but the fact that we sent in a cold pitch video and they thought it was funny enough for us to be uh, considered to write for the show was a huge deal. And a real big indicator to us that we're at the level where that could happen. So, um, we'd love to write for practical jokers. We'd love to continue to work with them. I am going to reach out to the, to the head writer again um, and, and talk about submitting again for this year because there are multiple writers on Impractical Jokers who were, were invited to submit to write and didn't get it the first time around and then got it eventually. Yeah, you've, still got, you've got to keep trying if it's something you want to do, isn't it? Exactly. Absolutely. So so that's, that's, that's the story behind that. Um, and I, I'm really appreciative for the opportunity and the fact that they actually watched this video of these two guys that they didn't know and, and it ended up being uh, something that they you know, liked enough to consider us for that. And that's, that's a unique way of doing it. Like you said, it's um, not many people actually submit 
a video as an application yeah. form. So it made you stand out to the rest of the crowd. So it's very good. Well done. Yeah, thank you very much. I was uh, when we got, when we got the email that we were gonna we we're gonna you know have the submission. I was freaking out. Um, and we were like, we we're trying not to get ahead of ourselves. I'm like, okay, so are we gonna move to New York together? Do we live together? And then it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta we gotta get the job, and then we can think about the logistics. Yeah. Um, but that's but that's still the plan is to uh, is for Brad and I to end up uh, writing uh, for tel- television and film comedy. So pushing you know yeah you'll get there i'm sure you will uh, i hope so i hope so if you don't then i mean you've got loads of other projects and things to lean back on haven't you so it's kind of like if the worst yes. comes the worst it doesn't happen then you know at least you've got everything yeah. else yeah i mean i want to i want to you know the basically the real the real thing is to find my footing in a professional career because i still have to have a day job mm-hmm. for money stuff i work at a landscaping company okay. i do their online management and uh, I want to, you know, I want to make it so that my my source of income comes from uh, creative projects that I believe in. Yeah, yeah, that's understand. I'm <clears throat> I do order input for a job, so I input yeah. data on the system. Yeah, so, right. Oh, I do. I'll do a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. So I I do know. Um, yeah, there's times when I do enjoy my job, but then there's times I really don't enjoy it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Um, I think we should now move on to the um, all the Tell Him Steve Dave projects that you did. Sure. Yeah. Well, you've got the the one. Uh, obviously, you have got the Gramercy Theatre. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. So that one was uh, it was myself, Brad, my podcast partner, my girlfriend Gina, and we uh, yeah we were the ones that filmed that, and then I you know I directed it, um, and then uh, I edited it over the course of a long time because Declan, the sound guy, yep. he didn't he didn't give me the finalized audio. Because we filmed it in July until the following April, so that's I didn't even get to start editing it until uh, this May, um, right after our big live 300th episode, and uh, yeah, so that was the first thing. Yeah, because that is definitely like one of the first things that you really need, isn't it? Because you don't know what uh, what you need to actually take out of the video. Yeah, and you can't you can't affect the video at all. You can't take anything out until you get the audio because it won't line up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, right. oh, but that must have been a fantastic performance to actually watch. Yeah, it was great. It was it was uh, it was a crazy night. It was uh, they did a great job. It was awesome. Yeah, spitting blood and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It was great. <laughs> um, I, I did touch upon this on a previous episode, but we um when I went over the last year, I keep saying this year, but I keep forgetting that I'm not in the same year anymore. Um, we actually made uh, Walt Flanagan an official Baron. And, oh, yes. Yeah. And that was from the uh, UK Ant. So he's put the certificate and everything in the, uh, in the, you know, cabinet thing where he's got all of this stuff in. So that's pretty. Yeah. Cool. It, that's awesome. <laughs> I heard him talk about that on a podcast with Kevin Smith recently. I think it might oh, that, was, podcast. that was actually, um, that was actually somebody else had brought that one. I know he was devastated. <laughs> 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 yeah. He's, he's a double baron. What do you mean? That's great. He's a double baron. Yeah, that's no, awesome. That's, <laughs> it is great. <laughs> but that really stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sorry that's so funny no that's cool don't worry it's fine <laughs> but oh my god if you'd have spoken to me because um i'd come up with the idea back in june um yeah and we weren't going over until october, like the end of october um yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so it, it was it was planned for ages and ages and ages and then somebody said <laughs> oh did you send it into Walt? and i was like no 
<laughs> yeah, and then they were like, oh my god. <laughs> that's really funny. I, I'm sorry, that's really funny. <laughs> that's fine. If I don't, if you've seen the video on my page, um, on the Twitter, um, at Cod's Wallet Pod, which I can never say just lately, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I put the video up, and it says, I say at the end, yeah. So here's an official one. Well, you can throw the other one in the bin now if you like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, you know, no, I'm yeah, over yeah, it now a little funny. bit. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's just typical that it happened to me. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was my good idea. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, what was the behind the scenes side of your filming like? Or you know, we want some juicy gossip. Oh, um, well, there's not too much good juicy gossip, uh, oh, especially yeah. on the Gramercy project. But uh, <laughs> it was funny because, you know, we uh, we drove down there and and Brad and I and my girlfriend and I, Gina, you know, we'll go to New York once in a while or wherever, different places around. You know, I'm no stranger to driving, especially performing in the band and, and going to see shows, concerts or comedy shows. And, uh, you know, we went there and um, I, I had gone to the Gramercy Theater before. But we kind of had to like set up our camera stuff, and I'm I'm even used to that side of it because I've been to you know I've played so many shows and done so many comedy things that getting to the venue early and setting up camera stuff beforehand before it fills up is always kind of fun. And uh, yeah, as it filled up, it was really fun. I actually I actually didn't you know I never met the guys at that point in time. I just had sent out emails, and uh, you know we set up and and we kind of Brad and Gina and myself. Uh, we we talked on Facebook Messenger and took pictures of our screens and stuff so we could see the alternate angles and stuff as we filmed. But really, you know, I, like I said, I didn't know the guys. So in between the two shows, I believe I we went downstairs to like the green room area and Walt was hanging out. And I was kind of like, um, you know, what is this for? What are we like? I know I know that we're filming and I'm the one that offered to film. But what are you guys going to do with this? And he said, I don't know. It's Quinn's. Uh, it's Quinn's thing. And uh which it totally turned into Walt's thing. Everything has turned into Walt's thing yeah. in the past couple of years. And, uh, well, the whole podcast is now, isn't it? It's not even anything to do with Brian Johnson anymore. It's all <laughs> Walt Flanagan. <laughs> it's Walt's, you know, figures out the machinations of a, of a new thing. And then Brian and Quinn uh, come in and deal with it. Um, but uh, yeah, at the time I didn't really talk to them. So we talked afterwards for a minute. And then uh, and then uh, we went home and that was that was for that for that one. That was it. And then it's funny because I didn't actually have any contact with Walt that whole time, who is now like the person I talk to uh, about this stuff all the time. Um, At first, it was just uh, the Practical Jokers manager. And for a long time, there was no forward momentum with what was going on. Uh, And then finally, (laughs) it's funny, it goes back to that goddamn fake funeral invitation again. I sent one to the stash as a joke. And Walt reached out to me because of it. And he's like, yeah, how's the Gramercy uh, product product going? And I and I had never really talked to him before. Um, and I was like, oh, it's not. We're waiting for, for Declan to get the audio to me. And uh, that kind of started all the wheels turning again to get the project done. And then ever since then, it's you know been me talking to Walt all the time about the projects. But, for, but honestly, the whole time there wasn't really a lot of contact until that point in time. And then it became uh, me and Walt talking all the time and me sending him like cuts of stuff and him saying, uh, you know, he came up with the concept of the Kiss uh, live album uh, parody artwork for the for the cover of the Gramercy. And uh, then he's like, you know, in his house, like taking those pictures of him as the Baron with the blood and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, us us kind of sending it back and forth. And, 
it was it was really funny but that, that's yeah so basically it became like um that's really where i started becoming friends with uh with walt was uh this past may when we were editing um but before that, in terms of the filming, there was no behind the scenes because it was I didn't even know the guys at the time. No. So, yeah, so you literally just found, wiggled your way in there, basically. Exactly, yeah. 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 And it's it's funny because if we had never filmed my podcast live, because that's how we got in, is that I submitted, again, to uh, the Impractical Jokers manager and said, like, hey, we film our podcasts. I can come take care of this whole thing. I can come set up the whole filming. Um, if you want. And uh, if we had never done that, if we didn't have that proof that we could do that. I don't think we ever would have been able to. But uh, because we did, you know, they invited us in. And I think that, you know, talking to Walt kind of behind the scenes about uh, the video stuff, we're just I'm so cons- you know, we talk all the time about video things whenever we're working on projects that like I think that it might have opened his eyes a little bit in terms of like oh, being like, oh, you know, we have a guy who can do video stuff with us. And so it's continued. Yeah, well done. And like, so, I know I keep saying well done, and I don't mean it in a condescending way. I mean it in a like you're so you're so clever that you've actually thought long <laughs> and further than the end of your nose, like my mum would say to me. Like you never think it further than the end of your nose, but you, you know, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and that's just how I live life. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with you. you know, it's always it's always good to you know really go for what you want in your future. So. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you sound like you're on the right path. So well done. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, were you on the, um, I'm trying to think which other Tell Em Steve Day video? Well, we did, uh, Walt, while we were doing the programmacy stuff, Walt was, Walt came up with the idea of changing Tell Em Steve Dave to Cue the Laughs. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and he made that little promo about uh, yeah. Quinn and his friends. And so he asked me to make that. I made that. Um, um, the Halloween episode? And- did you do that one? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do the Halloween episode. See, this is—it's a funny thing. So basically, what ha- what happened was, and I'm gonna—I have to be careful about what I can say and what I can't say. As, is uh, if you say anything and you don't want it said, <laughs> just say, and I'll add yeah, help. I will. All right, I will. <laughs> uh, basically, after the Gramercy thing, uh, Walt told me pretty quick that we were going to make a Blu-ray of it, which had to remain uh, secret for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay. And they they also had sent me the uh, the footage of the of Getem's wedding at, at episode three hundred right. uh, where Getem got married yep. to put on the Blu-ray and, and do that stuff. So I, I I edited that a little bit. Honestly, that was mostly edited by a different company. But then they you know Walt wanted a beginning and an out for it that we had to figure out. So uh, we did that, and then I started working on the Blu-ray. And then Walt was like, "All right, we have two more projects to work on. Project two is the secret project that I'm consistently working on. But project three was TESD TV. Right. Okay. Right. So I was like, okay, uh, that's fine. And TESD TV was you know, animated and, and edited by somebody else. I just had to take all that footage and put it into a Blu-ray and make uh, you know, the Blu-ray, uh, like the actual like, menu and, and, and do that and get it duplicated and do all that side of it. So, and I, you know, I ended up actually having to do a voiceover for it too, because they had forgotten to do a voiceover. So I'm a voice in that as well. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. During, uh, during the game show, it, it's like, uh, you know, the possible prizes and I say, and I sell comics keychain and all that stuff like that. So I did that. And then project two is something that they actually filmed. I mean, there's been speculation about it on Facebook and on, on Reddit and stuff because Brian and Quinn had both posted pictures of the filming. Um, and I wasn't there for the filming. They actually filmed it with the crew of comic book men. But it was something they filmed at the end of the summer in the stash. And they were like, we want you to to edit this thing down. And it's a whole new full-length project. And actually, that's when Walt said, uh, we had this idea about having listeners submit commercials. 
and I and he was like, but you know, he's like, I don't really know how to get that done. I, I don't know if people are will do it. And I was like, let me let me let me headline that. So I put up that video that was like, hey, everyone, send in your commercials. Okay. And we have like thirty submissions that were that we still have um, that we're going through that are going to be part of this project too. I know that I'm going to have one listener who's going to want to know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you're allowed to say which ones made it through, but did uh, the Ant Meetups one uh, Ant Meet one make it through? Or um, well, I'm not, I can't really say right now, but okay. I will say I'm really pushing Walt to include on the Blu-ray um, all of them. You know what I mean? To have all the commercials uh, with it. Even if, let's say we picked five out of the 30, I want the other 25 to be like an extra feature on the Blu-ray. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. That's what, that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to do. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, we'll, but I'm, I'm pushing for that. But in, in terms of doing all that listener stuff, um, all the commercials, Walt had an idea that we could do. So I went to the stash and I filmed with... Uh, with Walt and Gidham and Sunday Jeff and Brian. Well, Brian's not in it, but um, a, a specific project that's going to be part of this um, that really has taken a lot of energy and uh, time to really finesse in the right way. It's Walt has a really specific vision for stuff. We really have been like working on this thing and chipping away at it, and that's going to be part of this project too. So it's kind of it's kind of its own thing. It's yeah. very different from what they filmed, but it's going to be all presented together, and that's kind of like the real. You know, that's kind of the real next project that I'm working on. And then uh, I know that Walt said there's uh, something else from the past that he wants me to edit uh, that I think people are going to be really excited for that I can't talk about. And then he said he has another project for me, but he's not going to tell me about it until we're done with this. So basically, you're giving us a lot of things to look forward to, but you're not telling us anything. For God's sake, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, that the deadline to have the new project done from, from on my end is uh the end of february so that's pretty soon okay uh, yeah. and i'm gonna i think i think i'm gonna have it done before that and then i am the guy who gets everything made whether it's blu-rays or whatever so I'll, I'll be taking care of that immediately afterwards so i'd have to imagine you're talking about a whole new full-length release in the next two months i'd say um and i can't promise that obviously it's up to them if they have any specific plans i don't know about but really soon but i would say you know the i think the listeners should all be like Man, like, you know, you got TSD Gramercy this summer mm-hmm. and you had um, the TSD TV Blu-ray. You had the huge Christmas episode, which, you know, I was I was happy they chose Senior Discounts Christmas Medley to close that episode, too. I thought I noticed that. Yeah, you know yeah, that? yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, right. I just think like, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, I get confused sometimes. I get confused as to whether I've heard it or if, you know, like, where have I heard this? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. But you got to think in the past six months. Um, not only have you gotten so many free podcasts from Tell Him Steve Dave, but you got all of these tentpole projects that were so big and so time-consuming yeah. and huge and special that I think people should be a little bit patient. I see people on that Tell Him Steve Dave Reddit board just turning into huge dicks immediately about everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I, I basically have been scared off the Tell Him Steve Dave Reddit because people attack me so much when I post anything on there. I don't. I've never been on there. so I'm, I, I do. Oh, it's crazy. I'll post, like, new Tell Him Steve Dave commercial contest and they'll like downvote my post about it like fuck you anyway um yeah it's very weird it's very weird because I, I i believe in the community and like especially working with all the people that actually have sent in commercials i've been talking to them and stuff like that and they've all been really nice 
But on Reddit, it's like every time I post, someone's going to pull something negative out of it and be a piece of shit to me. So whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I just won't go on anymore. They've all scared me off. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I just think that everyone should think about the fact that like in the past six months, you got you know the, the two hour. It's over two hours of Gramercy thing. You got the get em wedding footage. You got TESD TV, which is a huge undertaking. Christmas episode. They did the live Halloween episode. It's like. That's a lot of shit to do in that amount of time. Absolutely. And now you're, you know, you're about to get something else that's really big, really big. That really includes the community. Really. You know, the, the commercials are I was blown away by the commercials. I thought they were awesome. I think the problem is, is that um, the Ant Hill, they are pretty majority of them anyway, are pretty patient. But um, yeah, <clears throat> sorry, I had a bit of a croak there. Um, but the problem is, is that you had things like uh, Claymation <laughs> you know, that was oh, like yeah. two years or three years after the project was supposed to be due you know <laughs> yeah you know it's it's hard because i think that working with uh working with creative stuff behind the scenes um you know when i went when i went down to the stash in, in october and filmed with walt all day you know i drove down it probably took me five hours to drive there and five hours to drive home mm. and i was leaving and we'd worked all, all day together uh on uh on this specific thing and filmed and i'm actually in it too i'm actually i'm, I'm on the on the on the camera side but um you know one of the things walt said to me when i was leaving he was like, hey, man, he's like, by the way, he's like, I just want to tell you, like, thank you so much for being so consistent. He's like, you know, he's like, whenever I write you, you you write me back right away. You're, you're always moving forward with these projects. You're always so communicative about everything. Um, I just want you to know, like, that's it's a really rare thing. And I really appreciate it. And some, you know, I keep thinking that every day you're going to disappear on me. And unfortunately, I think that that's the truth of these kind of relationships where you say, oh, you know, we're this, we're this podcast. We want to do this video project, or we were this. We want to hire this person to do this. Um, I do think that uh, creative people flake. I mean, that's been, you know, I've been doing creative stuff for about about fifteen years. I've been working on like short films and music and stuff like that. And over the years, like I'm very dedicated to moving forward and and and, and committing to stuff. You know, we've done a weekly podcast, like I said, since December of 2013. I think has been an average of one a week. But like 99 percent of people aren't like that, and so. They fall off or they get busy or or the, the real the real situation is when you do creative stuff, you're going to run into problems that you didn't foresee. And I think that the real um, important thing is to fucking barrel through that stuff, even when it takes a lot of hours or it takes a lot more energy or it's difficult or you don't know how to do something and you got to get to the next level. You got to barrel through and do that. Um, and I think that, you know, with Claymation, as far as uh, as far as I understand, it's like it was someone who wasn't really a fan of the show. They just did this kind of stuff and, and the guys were impressed with it. And um, I think they lost somebody along the way as well, didn't they? Well, I, from what I know, it, it seemed like uh, there was specific deadlines for scripts that some of the guys in TSD didn't meet. But you got to you got to roll with the punches on that stuff. Yep. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's two sides to the story. But um, from from working from working with the guys on my end, like everyone's been really cool. And and yeah, I think I think that when when people either, you know, take longer than expected or whatever, you got to roll with the punches and, and let things uh, progress uh, naturally and, and stick to it. And I guess maybe he wanted to walk away from the project because it was taking so long or, or and, and then at the same time, the guys had sunken money into it. So really, that I think that that was the culprit of a mismatched relationship, mm. as well as a big technical difficulty with what they were actually doing. Because filming a claymation thing is is very difficult. Um, um, and so and now like, Walt to me is like obsessed with not announcing a project until it's completely done. And I totally understand that, especially yeah. after what happened. Um, but even even the projects we're working on now, the the unnamed project. 
uh, that I'm working on, that project was supposed to come after Gramercy and then TESD TV. And somewhere along the way, they switched the order of that. And so if they had announced it that way originally, people would be disappointed. But now because they didn't, they got TESD TV and that was the next thing for them. And that's awesome. So I think it makes sense to do it that way. Um, yeah, it, it makes good business sense as well, doesn't it, too? I think so, yeah. Wait a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, wait a little I think bit so, and, too. Uh, yeah, and actually... They're, they're crazy. Like, they, like Walt, I think Walt had the TESDD TV Blu-rays and the Gramercy Blu-rays. Well, the Gramercy Blu-rays, I think he had them sitting in the stash for, like, eight weeks before he announced it. Like, that's how long... It wasn't even, like... Oh yeah, it's, you know. Oh, the Blu-ray order is in, so we'll announce it this week. So that as soon as they get here, we'll start sending them out. No, they they were there for like a long time before he announced it. Um, so you know that's fine. Um, but I understand that a lot because you don't want to promise and then not deliver. Actually, my band did that one time too, where we were like, "Hey, we're going to record our first full length, and if you donate to the to the you know if you pre- basically it was just pre-orders. If you if you pay ten dollars to pre-order, we're going to record a little B-sides album of songs that didn't make it and some covers." And we did like half of it, but then the recording studio fell through and we had no control over it. We would have had to pay to go in to do it, even though we were getting no money for it. So, it, you know, it happens sometimes. Yeah. And that's life, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you got to, you got to, yeah, I think, I think that Walt's uh, thing and the guy's just not wanting to announce a project until it's finished is, uh, is probably smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that that is a good idea, but also from a financial point of view, this time of year, I'd rather wait anyway. So, uh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> After Christmas, no, you're, you. everyone's a little bit poorer, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, if you, unless you've got anything else to talk about, um, I might just wrap it up now. But yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say uh, definitely if you're if you're interested, uh, check out the podcast, uh, Chuck and Brad. It's called the Chuck and Brad Podcast. It's available at chuckandbradpodcast.com. But we're on iTunes and all those different uh, podcast platforms, and uh, it's really really fun. I think we really do create a world uh, with it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to get the updates from tell them Steve Dave. I, I don't want to mislead anyone. I just, I'm only allowed to talk about what I'm allowed to talk about. No, that's so fair enough. I was any teasing, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, uh, I do, you know, I try to give updates whenever I can, but I really do think that our podcast is something, uh, valuable and fun. And, uh, we really would like to create more of a community with the podcast. So we take, uh, you know, every week we say, come on, write in and, and talk to us about either stuff you want us to talk about or opinions. And we always kind of create um, a dialogue with the people who decide to do that. And a lot of people have. And so it's very, very fun. But definitely listen in. Chuck and Brad, the Chuck and Brad podcast, chuckandbradpodcast.com and uh, write in. Well, when you're on, when you're recording next, you know, feel free to, uh, you know, mention a certain British girls uh, podcast, you know. <laughs> oh, I will. As soon, as soon as this, as soon as this goes up, your podcast, yep. we'll plug it on the following Chuck and Brad podcast. Okay. That'd be um, brilliant. And if, yeah. And if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter or, 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 disc, or uh, Instagram, I'm at discount Chuck, D-I-S-C-O-U-N-T-C-H-U-C-K, discount Chuck. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Oh, man, thank you for having me. And again, thank you very much for waiting for so long. <laughs> no problem. I'm a, I'm a schedule guy. So if you if you if you uh, you know are like, hey, can we do a Skype uh, conversation in three months on this Saturday at 12 p.m.? I'll put it in my calendar and I I'll goddamn make sure yeah. to do it. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you very much. Yes. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I haven't really got a sign off for this uh, this podcast yet. So. Uh... Oh. 
Can you say? Oh, you know, let's, let's. You could call. You could say business wanker. That could be your final <laughs> sign off line every I time. Could be. Um, I've been. I've, you could say sod off, business wanker. Do <laughs> you say sod off? Sod off thing? Yeah. It's a real thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, bugger That's off! <laughs> That's, bugger off, business wankers. That'll be your new sign off. That's it. Maybe. It I, w- I was toying with the yeah. idea of it being um, being it. Well, I've spoken enough cod swallop this week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. So, sod off, business wankers. <laughs> I could, I could see that on a T-shirt. I could see it. I love that. I love the word wanker. <laughs> there you go. Finished. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I'm jealous. You guys get to use it so much more often than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, especially with my with my American accent, saying wanker sounds ridiculous. <laughs> okay, wanker. Is what I said. What you should do is you should. Um, you record well you've recorded obviously your end so yes. you know if i if i take out a clip of me saying wanker um you could use that as a text message tone <laughs> so every time you get a text message <laughs> yeah, 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 wanker. wanker say it like yeah. i love that yeah yeah oh That's you so wanker <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all different all different variations for different emails yeah. to facebook yeah, email yeah, yeah. wanker yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it you should sell it you make a million dollars a million pounds a million pounds no that's bad. all right dollars pounds i don't care as long as i'm getting a million something i don't care yeah right right i'm gonna leave all this in probably <laughs> yeah, please feel free okay well yes i'm gonna sign off now and uh all right awesome thanks a lot thank you Start off. Start off.